Welcome to the Pro Aging Podcast. I'm Steve Gurney, founder of Positive Aging Sourcebook. We're excited that you can join us for our interactive discussions with pioneers and thought leaders on a wide variety of topics related to aging and longevity. This is our first in our monthly series of discussions with the members of the American Association of Daily Money Managers, also referred to as ADAM. Uh, Daily Money Managers are financial professionals who provide personal financial services to individuals and families, and they manage the personal daily money matters, such as bills, budgets, record keeping, and much more. But you're gonna learn a lot more about this profession and how it can help you from our panel, which includes Leah Nickerman, Meryl Schaefer, and Christine Dolan. And you're gonna meet them in this discussion. But before you meet them, you're gonna to get to meet the CEO and founder of Caring Senior Services, Jeff Salter, who we talked to because he's touring the country on an electric bike over 9,000 miles to visit all 45 of the caring locations and raise awareness and funding for senior care needs in America. And you can learn more about that at caringseniorservices.com slash close the gap. That's senior care, caringseniorservices.com slash close the gap. So let's jump into the discussion, meet Jeff and meet our daily money manager. Jeff, why don't you be the one to tell our audience what you're doing and why you're doing it? I think it's just an incredible project, and um, and share that with us. Sure, Steve. Thanks for thanks for having me on today and uh, let me give me a chance to share what uh, what we're doing here at uh, Caring. So, I decided to celebrate 30 years of our company being started. I started uh, Caring Senior Service uh, in order to help seniors age in place. And provide we provide caregivers to help them uh, with uh, things like meal preparation, light housekeeping, personal care duties, and I've been doing that for 30 years and wanted to figure out a really unique way to first of all celebrate 30 years of business, and then also as I thought about what the next 30 years looks like, a, a way to uh, to start a movement to helping seniors in all of our communities. And so I decided to to ride my electric bike to all 45 caring senior service locations around the country. That map you were showing just a minute ago. Here, I'm gonna put it back our, up on the screen. All here. of our locations. And I decided that I would ride to each location and uh, start conversations in, my, in the local communities about how to close the gap in senior care. And that's our name of our movement is close the gap in senior care. And really just raise awareness and understanding of what the needs of seniors are in local communities and what the gaps that exist uh, today in those communities. So I just, uh, I'm right now in the uh, in Northern Virginia here in uh, Gainesville at our office. Uh, and uh, I've, I've ridden so far full 2,650 miles along the way and just really trying to make sure that, that uh, people know what's happening in in their communities about seniors, and we're really trying to raise money also. So we're trying to raise money for grab bars for seniors. We thought that you know bringing attention to the fact that uh, uh, falls are the leading cause of death among injury related death among seniors, and that eighty percent of all falls happen in the bathroom. And we thought that raising money to install grab bars in seniors' homes was a, was a way we could show a direct. Um, uh, direct way to, that people can help to reduce that risk of, of individuals. So I just decided to get on my bike and start riding, basically. And it's uh, it's going to be a 9,000 mile trip when I'm done. Take me four months to complete. 
uh, when I when I'm when I get back to San Antonio sometime in August, uh, probably early August, August first or August fifth, I think is where we're at right now. Oh, that's great! And and you're so you're based out of San Antonio. Amazing adventure, and what a what a leadership role you're playing in your organization, but also in the community. And there's nothing better. I mean, I'm a cyclist, and there's no better way to see the the country than on your bike and get to know the, uh, people and who these communities are all about. The um, uh, Jeff, one of the things that we're going to give you a month or so to recover when you're done with this. But what I would love is to have you back and we'll do a full hour with you to sort of hear the story, hear how, uh, how it went and, um, and help promote the, uh, the fundraising initiative as well. I think it's great. The grab bars and the handlebars tie in perfectly too. <laughs> yeah, the cyclists, you understand the, the reference of grabbing the bars and yeah, definitely it's, uh, it's uh, a heck of an adventure. I'm, I will be anxious to share the stories. I've already experienced such great generosity amongst people. Uh, everyone really immediately recognizes the need uh, for their senior in, in their life to, to, to have a grab bar. And I'm asking people also to take a grab bar challenge. So your viewers today, if you can, have them, um, I'd like for everyone to go to the senior in their life and uh, take a look at their bathroom and see if the grab bars actually are, are in that bathroom. And if they're not in that bathroom, I want them to encourage that senior and do everything they can to try and um, uh, get grab bars installed. Nobody likes them. They're not necessarily always pretty looking, but they're so important. I was Actually, before I came to my event, there was I stopped at the local fire rescue station, had an event, a meet and greet there, and those guys go out three times a day to help people from a fall, and they said that most of the times when they go, there are no grab bars for that senior in their bathroom, and many times it's at the bathroom, 80% of all falls, so take the grab bar challenge, find out from your senior if, if they have grab bars or not, and then I'd be happy to like share what 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 experience I've had from the road, because it is amazing to bike across the country like this. Not everybody feels like they can do it, but I'm doing an electric bike. And that's a symbol of assistance because it allows me to accomplish something I wouldn't be able to do on my own. Most of us may not feel like a bike is what we can do, but electric bike, you get the distance and, and it's so much easier. I don't want to say it's easy because it's not necessarily easy, but you can, you can make a trip around your neighborhood or state actually on electric bike, surprisingly. Yeah, the electric bike uh, are much more affordable, they're more efficient, they're lighter, and um, they're making cycling more accessible to all ages and abilities, which is super exciting. So, uh, Jeff, congrats, and we're, we're all going to be following you, and um, we look forward to you finishing this and having you back on for a full discussion. Great, thanks. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, we'll tuck Jeff behind the curtain here, and he's going to be pedaling away. And then um, let me share my screen one more time to just introduce our amazing panel members here. We've got, we're going to be turning on their, their mics and cameras, and we got Leah Nickman with uh, the uh, Everyday Money Management. Meryl Schaefer with TLC Daily Money Mentors, and uh, Christine Dolan with C. Dolan and Associates. And here, uh, Meryl, I am going to prompt you, so you should be able to 
get that camera on there. Oh, we got you guys. All right. So, thank you. Well, My video wasn't working, so. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, the uh, I I'd say it. Figuring out how to turn on video, it goes a lot quicker than our old events where we had to wait for somebody to walk up on stage. So this is great. <laughs> um, you know, we've been doing these, for those of you who are just joining us, we've been doing these monthly discussions with aging life care managers, with elder law attorneys, with senior move managers and, and other moving professionals. And um, I'm really excited to add this monthly series because I think that daily money managers are a little known profession, but it can be so helpful to uh, our to us and those our, our loved ones. So I, I want to thank you guys for being our first guinea pigs for our first discussion. And um, let's start first with just getting to know the three of you. So um, let's see. I'm gonna. Start with Meryl there. Meryl, um, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then I'll do the same for, uh, for Leah and Christine. Okay, um, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in accounting from right in this area, American University and went directly into QuickBooks desktop consulting. And um, I fell into this business because of a financial planner who believed in me more than I believed in myself. Oh. And it was just a natural movement. Um, and I love it. And uh, interacting with all the other DMMs has been just a great uh, experience. So Excellent. glad to be here. Great. And then uh, Leah? Uh, share a little bit about your background and what led you into this field. Sure. Um, I, uh, my name is Leah Nickerman, and I am the founder and the owner of Everyday Money Management. Uh, and I also kind of fell into this in a way. Um, I had been working in the nonprofit world, and I really wanted to help people. Um, I started off trying to help people with mental illness uh, manage their money. And so that is still a feature in my business, but we also now of course serve a lot of senior citizens and uh, a lot of busy professionals who are middle-aged mostly. Uh, and so uh, the thing that was, uh, that really drew me into this is the combination of working with data, which is what daily money managers do and working with people. And you put those two things together. And if you're really good at both of those things, you'd probably make a great daily money manager. <laughs> Excellent. And, and last but certainly not least, Christine Dolan, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this field. Thank you, Steve. Yes, I um, was fortunate enough to grow up with my grandparents as part of my daily life. And of course, as a child and a teenager, I didn't necessarily appreciate that then, but who knew that it would lead to experiencing firsthand what it takes to help people maintain their financial independence as the way of life as they grow older and how to provide them with the help and the support that they need. And I too, like Leah and everybody, Meryl and other DMMs, love working with numbers and especially love helping people. So we all kind of fall into this and have a similar, I think, path in that regard, similar, similar personalities in that regard and love to make a difference in people's lives and to help them out. 
So Excellent. that's how I ended up here too. And I, I like Meryl have a MBA background and who knew at the time that it would lead to where I am now, but I love it. Yep. That That's, yeah, the journey of life is really interesting, you know, and, it is. Uh, it, it's, it, it's great. And um, so, okay. So now let's, let's dive in. I've got a few questions that I want to ask you guys, and I'm just going to sort of randomly ask, and I'll just keep on going in this order here, but I want to, remind our audience, we want your questions for the daily money managers. Like if you've got a client or a loved one, or you're just, you know, curious, so you've got a challenge with, with paperwork and managing money, this is your opportunity. But, um, but Meryl, let's, let's start with you because we've been throwing around this term daily money manager, but what is a daily money manager and what types of services do they provide? Well, the typical daily money manager has a bachelor's degree in something. And uh, they have three to four years experience uh, of working in some kind of financial capacity. And when I was deciding to go to college, I got the merry routine from my father. And what he said to me was, just get a college education in something. It teaches you a methodology of thinking and it applies to many different fields. And I never forgot that. Basically what we are, um, are people who help seniors. We work with high income professionals. We work with those who cannot take care of their day-to-day -day finances. And we develop a relationship with them. I just celebrated uh, birthdays with our clients. And based what we do, some of the things we do are bill paying, financial organizing, reviewing credit cards, uh, reading medical bills. And I'll give you one little story. I had a medical organization coding my account with somebody else's uh, uh, health issues. I got sent to collections and I had to keep pounding and pounding. Well, do you expect an 85 year old person to be able to do that? No. Mm -hmm. um, we also work with financial people on the outside, such as CPAs, financial planners. Um, I had a client whose financial planner was churning her accounts and I got permission to show it to somebody else and sure enough, they were. Mm -hmm. uh, we also fill out tax organizers. Can you imagine asking somebody to an 85 year old person to fill out a tax organizer. Sometimes people, their health goes downhill. Um, I have one client who is losing his eyesight and he was a scientist in his younger days, managing multi-million dollar uh, projects. It's heartbreaking, but when they know they have somebody they can trust, here we are. Um, we also, um, negotiate with creditors uh, because a senior person is not gonna know how to do that. Um, another difference between us having diverse backgrounds is I'm a QuickBooks desktop expert. There are others who are uh, Quicken experts. We have CPAs and financial planners who are also in the field and we definitely help each other. I was just hired by another daily money manager to review some of the financials for her uh, QuickBooks clients because she knows uh, Quicken a lot better than I do. 
And, you know, sometimes the, there's a couple, the husband dies and the wife knows nothing about managing finances. And if you don't forget to pay your uh, life insurance policy or your long-term care, you could lose it immediately. And yeah. we don't want that to happen. Well, so I think that you, gives you a good idea of oh, it does. who we are and, and what we do. And that's really one of the common themes as we've been talking to aging life care and elder law is, is that it's, it's great to learn about the profession and also see the differences between the various providers within the profession. But the, um, so let me jump to Christine and Christine, like who would you say needs a daily money manager and what are some of the situations where a daily money manager can be helpful? Absolutely. Um, seniors, people with cognitive issues, uh, we also work with high net in individuals, high net worth individuals, small business owners, people who are basically in any capacity overwhelmed uh, with their financial well-being, the day-to-day -day issues of paying their bills, getting ready for the taxes, making sure they have their estate documents in order, et cetera. The process is just overwhelming to them, and that's when we can really come in and help them. Anybody that you know that's feeling buried with paperwork or having a hard time organizing their bills or making sure they're paid on time is a really good example of getting somebody that's trustworthy in to help you. Um, a couple of scenarios, as Meryl had alluded to there as well, is a lot of times we will get somebody because they've been a victim, unfortunately, of fraud. And that's where we come in to try and convince them and help them that this is not going to happen with our help. We are going to make sure looking over their statements every month that nothing wonky is going on and stop it before it turns into a real problem is the ideal with us. So yeah. hopefully everyone will know that where to look for us and how to have help. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know in talking to my readers over the years who have hired daily money managers, a, a lot of times the catalyst was uh, an adult child mm -hmm. who comes into town because mom or dad was in the hospital and, you know, they're sort of cleaning up the house and getting it ready for their return. And they see this stack of bills and paperwork. And now because they were in the hospital, that's just exponentially um, exploding. But because they're out of town and because they've got busy jobs or what have you, you know, this is something that somebody needs to keep on a, a regular basis. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Well, so Leah, I'll, I'll come to you, and then um, I'm eager to get some some questions from our uh, our audience. But so, let's say that you're listening to this, and you're sort of like, you know, that might be right for me, or my neighbor, or my mom. What are the things that you should look for when hiring a daily money manager? And, and I also, I didn't reference the fact that there is a, a national trade association and all three of you are members of that as well. Yes, and that is one of my tips and I will talk about our association. Um, the first thing though is how do you even find a daily money manager? So one way, of course, now that we do have an association, you can go on the website of the American Association of Daily Money Managers, which we affectionately call Adam, 
So it's AADMM.com. And uh, there is a find a DMM tool. So you can then put in a zip code and ask for a radius of a certain number of miles and you can find out who is a member um, in that area. So you can look for people uh, on behalf of people who live in other parts of the country as well. But in addition to that, one of the best ways to find a daily money manager is to ask your or your family members trusted professionals. So ideally, you might ask their attorney, their accountant, their investment advisor, if they know of anybody or if they've worked with anyone, because this is the way that most of us get our clients. We've worked with a professional in another area, and then they have an experience with us. They come to trust us, and then they will be happy to refer us to another client. So this... Um, so asking those professionals is my first tip. The second is to look for a member of the association, as I said. Um, and you'll, you may notice if you do go there that some of the um, DMMs, the daily money managers have a designation called CDMM, which is Certified Daily Money Manager. And this is a daily money manager who has been through our certification program. Uh, they have to have put in already 1,500 hours of service as a DMM. Turns out that the way you learn how to be a DMM is by being a DMM. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of hard to study for it, if you will. You just have to live it. And then we sit for a fairly rigorous exam, I will say, and then we have continuing education requirements. Now, we are not doing this in service to any regulation. Uh, DMMs, I will be very upfront with you, are not regulated. Um, however, it's very possible we might be regulated in the future. We don't know. But we do, um, even in the absence of regulation from any kind of an outside body, we feel very strongly that we, we need to follow a code of ethics. We have published standards of practice, and we have a, a, um, a professionalism that we want to uphold in everything we do. So uh, feel free to go to the Adam website and sort of check out some of the general information about, you know, daily money managers and how to get one. Excellent. Well, you know, your some of your comments were really timely because Stacy uh, threw into chat. I've been told that I'm the perfect person to do this by one of my local accountants because. I have a background in accounts payable for a large nonprofit, as well as being my elderly mom's uh, daily money manager for five years. What organization can I join to get credentialed? So obviously there is um, joining Adam, but <laughs> out of curiosity, could she apply that five years of personal money management to her credentials to, to become a member or should she do like an apprentice with one of you or another another member in the organization? Um, I don't remember the exact breakdown. However, I do know that Adam does accept for that 1500 hours a portion and it may, it may be a, a third of it that can be volunteer, that you have done it for a family member or friends or in a volunteer capacity. Um, however, some of it does need to be um, paid work or work in a more formal setting. Um, and I will say this though, it is not critical to become a CDMM in order to be a DMM. You really, it's fine to hang out your shingle now and to learn, but joining the association 
is really important. It's the best like $350 or whatever you're gonna spend to join the association. Why? Because we have a very active list, a very active uh, forum. You can ask questions, people will answer. Daily Money Managers are the sharing, the most sharingest people on the earth. You need help in knowing how to become a Daily Money Manager. I guarantee all three of us will help you as well as almost any other Daily Money Manager will help you because the need is tremendous. And the market is not, we don't have nearly enough Daily Money Managers to serve all the people who need our services. So yep. join the club. <laughs> I love it. And, and on the topic of education, I just want to read this comment. It was uh, an anonymous, uh, typed in anonymously, but it references something that uh, Merrill said at the beginning. It says, college, university, education. Your father said, this education training teaches you methodology of thinking, organizing your thoughts that can be used and applied in many areas or parts of life. Thank your father for all of us. What a gift uh -huh. and such great wisdom and teachings. Thank you so much. Um, so the uh, I, I, I truly agree with that. So, um, all right, guys. So we, we know who you are. We know what daily money managers are. Um, audience, jump into the mix and ask some questions. But I would love to just sort of, for you guys to sort of start the conversation and just share some words of wisdom or some scenarios or some things for us to be thinking about. We have, we have an awful lot of senior living professionals that work in, in the field that listen to and attend these events. And uh, maybe, you know, warning signs on when you should be referring to a daily money manager. I'll just kind of let you guys take it and, and go. Meryl, yeah. Well, I would like to say that if any individual sees, even with friends or their own loved ones, issues that they don't think are right, don't be afraid to call us. The discussion might really send you in the right direction uh, because we're going to know things that the individual may not know. And I know we're all glad to educate other people. I was actually doing daily money management for one senior for 10 years before I found out about Adam. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the question I just came in uh, actually is, is that, and they ask, are DMMs bonded and generally for what amount? Do y'all want me to answer that? <laughs> or Meryl, go ahead. <laughs> well, I know I'm bonded. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you the amount. Of, I just can't remember it right now, but I am bonded. I want to make sure that there is complete trust. Mm -hmm. And some of the clients, when they've hired me, they, they, they put it very generally. They say, do you have all your insurances in place? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to say I do in this case. <laughs> and there's a resource for that too, as well, if you're just starting out or wondering, as Stacy was wondering, another great resource with Adam, where if you don't, can't get it individually, then they have resources there for you to get the proper insurance with all the bonding, et cetera. Um, can I also just say, explain also that um, some daily money managers uh, operate solo, uh, so that, um, and um, Christine and Merrill are both solo, and some, some of us have built uh, larger companies with staff. So I have a company, and there are 12 of us in my company. So 
we are definitely bonded, right? My employees, and so we we are bonded. Um, our bond actually is half a million dollars, um, and it could be, you know, and we have liability insurance for more than that. So in case we make an error, that turns out to be quite expensive. So that um, that's something that that's one of my tips. You should ask about insurance and make sure that somebody has at the minimum professional liability insurance. And certainly if they're employing others to do the work as well, those employees should be bonded. Right, with errors and admissions, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to add, sorry, I'd like to add something with the insurance side. The very first, the agent I used who went to two different insurance companies turned me down because they didn't understand what a daily money manager was. Mm -hmm. So I just kept searching and I found somebody else. And I believe that some of the insurance companies are also starting to come around because of the growth in our field. Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge of any new and unique profession is often lies in sort of these uh, insurance and things like this is that if they don't have a business sick code for you, it's sort of like, well, that's, that's we're not right? going to underwrite that. But again, one of the values of having uh, Adam, uh, really good question came in here, posthumous, after death, and the family member has passed away, can in any way be part of financial organizing that is often needed for estate financial affairs after the family members have passed away and the papers and records in the house are being sorted and organized? Thank you for your help and such needed services. So, you know, I, I think I always think of daily money management as sort of this, you know, you're working on a daily basis with the actual client, but I could see, do you guys see a scenario when people pass away and the family kind of comes in and is trying to organize? I'm happy to talk about that. Y'all jump in. Um, Absolutely. We, um, we often will work with the client while they're alive. And then when they pass away, we will help certainly in like those first months, maybe six months to, and it could go on for a while after death um, in notifying the appropriate places, sending death certificates, filing for life insurance benefits, helping with all that paperwork that people, e even if they were equipped to do that kind of thing beforehand, when somebody has passed away and it's very fresh and very raw, they're in no position um, to, to do those things and to do them well so that we you know, really provide that valuable service. And we can do it after the person has died. Let's say we never met them before and they, they're gone and there's a house full of papers. Uh, if somebody hired us to do that, I would be asking them to please have a pack, somebody pack up all the papers and deliver all the boxes to our offices. And we would go through them. And it's sort of like a little bit of a forensic exercise. We would go through and we would try to figure out and document what they had, where was it, what has benefits that need to be filed for, who needs to be notified. It's a little easier when somebody is alive and can speak to us, but not necessary. Great. Um... Yeah, go ahead and answer uh, Meryl and, and Christine, and, and we've got another good question that came in too. Okay, uh, next weekend I have a very interesting event that's gonna occur. I have a client that's 97 and 93 years old, and the son and daughter-in-law live out in Arizona, and they're coming in, and my client said to me, I wanna make sure you meet them 
so that when one or both of us dies, he will know, have your information and be able to work with you uh, on getting whatever documentation is needed. So, you know, the, the clients do do that, those that are, are concerned to make sure that everything is done correctly. Great. Um... Let me, let me read you this question from Sue Aram because I think this is a really good one, but not just for daily money managers, almost for every profession in our segment is any suggestions on how to get a parent on board with using your services when they either think they can do it all themselves or they're from the generation of do it yourself. And you know, one of the challenges with your profession, with aging life care and some others is, this is the stuff that uh, sons and daughters are supposed to do for their mom, you know? And, you know, so there's, this, there's oftentimes this challenge, but maybe this is a great discussion question, but I'm, I'm curious on some of your thoughts and techniques on how you work with families going through this. I'll, I'll answer that. I I think it's really important to establish a relationship with the person and to start out slowly so that they gain trust in you with the work that you're doing. So they can be very involved and still feel like they're doing it themselves, even though we're right by their side, guiding them through every step of the action to make sure that nothing goes unpaid, that something that uh, is a bill that shouldn't be there, is there, et cetera. If we have to follow up with the bank on fraud, follow up with anything in that nature, we're right by their side. And I think once that relationship is established and they gain the trust with you, then they'll be willing to work with you. So I think it starts with an introduction and is very important. And it's great when somebody can be a part of it and help you step through how they do things because you want them to be comfortable with how they currently do things. You don't want to change it just because it's a better system. If it doesn't work for them, it's not going to work. So I think that's really important. I'd also like to add that sometimes just appealing to their ego a little bit can be useful. In other words, sometimes saying, you know, dad, you were a successful lawyer and you, you had a secretary all those years who did all those things for you. You know, Christine here, who I want you to, you know, she, she's gonna be your personal financial assistant or you name it, whatever you think will fly with that senior to try to help them to see it is not somebody who's gonna take over, it's somebody who's, you're hiring to serve you to be, to take direction from you. And we are very happy to come in and take direction from our client at the beginning, because what happens is over time, our relationship develops and trust develops. And then sometimes we can gently give direction to our client. So I think Christine's point is that it can't be rushed. It's there, the, you know, all of these seniors as difficult as they seem to their own children, they, they don't seem that difficult to us, you know, because we are the professionals outside and they're human beings with feelings and their feelings need to be acknowledged and we need to, and sometimes we have to try to move fast to protect them, right? But in sometimes children, adult children think I have to take these things away from my parents. There's so much money at stake, so much, something bad can happen, I have to take it away from my parent. But actually, if, if they thought about it the other way, uh, sometimes of there's so much money, 
why don't I just take most of this money and see if I can move it somewhere where it's harder for my parent to make a mistake. And now I might give them a debit card instead of a credit card that has a $25,000 limit. I give them a debit card that has a thousand dollar limit and they can go merrily on their way making mistakes, but they'll only cost the maximum that that, that mistake will cost will be a thousand dollars, right? So there's lots of ways to approach helping to make a resistant senior uh, a little safer. And, and this is where daily money managers, those like the three of us with all this experience, it's like, this is where we get creative and we think about, okay, well, how now that we know this person a little bit, what can we do to help make this person a little safer? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I'd like to add some icing onto what uh, Leah just said is, you know, if the family is starting to think that uh, mom, dad, aunt or uncle need a daily money manager. Um, oh Lord, I just forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Um, we want to, I'm sorry. Actually, I actually uh, Meryl, I'm gonna jump in because I think you were going down the, the road of this question. Is it a good idea to have a daily money manager selected in advance and included in a client's durable power of attorney? as a first choice over a family member who lives at a distance. I think you were sort of going down that path uh, in thinking about this in advance. Um, that, I had never heard of that concept, but it could be a good idea. But, you know, just like attorney CPAs retire, daily money managers also retire. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, if they're building their will and they're going to live for another 20, 30 years, we might not be the ones to, uh, <laughs> you know, to be there. Well, but what I do want to add, I now I remember what I wanted to say. Okay. Um, sometimes it may be good for a client to have a, if they have a small mishap or, you know, a, a uh, fraudulent company calls, they give a credit card number and you know they put charges on there so pointing out this problem that the client has experienced say look we can't afford for anything else that's more major i mean pardon my english on that one but you know of a larger data spill we can't afford that we want somebody to help you to look over the formats will still be the same um, I found out from one of my clients that um, Amazon was charging both the husband and the wife for their uh, prime membership. Mm -hmm. The only reason was because I was looking over both their credit cards. No, that's great. So we put a stop to one. Um, let's see. We've got Joanne Lynn. I'm not positive that you uh, raised your hand to talk, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask your question. And while you're unmuting if you would like to ask a oh there you go Joanne. no i didn't i didn't raise my hand oh okay uh, okay sorry I'll sorry i'm sorry thank you though but i'm here okay. i didn't raise my hand okay great um, so can i address the issue of the power of attorney that because i think valerie made a good in the chat valerie Monsley, who is one of our colleagues at dmm in virginia that um 
she made a good point is that many daily money managers, and I would say most of the daily money managers in our area do not take a fiduciary role. We will not serve as a trustee or power of attorney. Um, there are a couple in our area and certainly in other markets. So if you're in, in another part of the country, you, you'll, you might wanna ask, you know, when, if you're gonna hire a daily money manager and you're really looking for somebody to do fiduciary work, there are folks who do take on that role. They usually charge a higher fee. But what I was gonna say about the question that um, sounded like um, maybe it came from an attorney about whether or not that DMM should be written into the, to the estate plan. I'd say not as an actual fiduciary, but if the if the the principal does not the person does not have a really good choice, let's say, for a power of attorney, a relative who lives far away, or a relative who cares about them but it's not that good with money, right? So it's possible that they could still name that person and have under the condition that they work with a daily money manager. And many times we have been able over the years to convince. The lawyer convinces the the family that the, their client that it's okay to name the niece in Wisconsin, even though she's far away. Because nowadays we do everything, a lot of things remotely, and they're going to have Leah right here, who's going to be doing the, the the sort of active work, and then they that the niece in Wisconsin is gonna be in charge though, saying yes or no and watching what's going on with all the money. So the DMM and the power of attorney, we make a very good team for a client and, it's a, it, and having a DMM makes a less than stellar power of attorney into a better one usually. That, that's great. Um, let's see. Um... Can I add something with the insurance sure. for fiduciaries? Because I did look into it and it was beyond my belief as how much it would cost. I mean, perhaps if I was only doing fiduciary work, mm -hmm. uh, it might be okay to take on, but I was asked to become a fiduciary and I did turn it down. Yeah. Um, let's see, actually, this is a good question. Leah had mentioned that she's got a, a practice with 12 DMMs. Uh, somebody was asking about Christine and Merrill, but also what geographic regions do you, do you all serve? As well as, um, I think there was a comment about, I guess some of this could be done virtually. Um, so uh, Christine and, uh, and Merrill. Sure. Uh, Meryl and I are both solo practitioners and we, all three of us serve, I'm speaking for all of us, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong, the DMV area. I'm located in Arlington, Virginia, but I will go to DC and Maryland. Some places in Maryland are closer for me than some parts in Arlington. Um, but And the DMM all the other daily money managers, and as we have mentioned, Adam, as we call it, is a wonderful resource. So when we need to have questions answered or specific scenarios, it's a great place to reach out. And we always have that support, which we're so grateful for. Makes a big difference. But we can, most of us work remotely and we can serve people in very separate areas that aren't even as like California or other areas, if necessary, depending on the situation. Yes. And we actually have opened a branch in Western Massachusetts. So we are dipping our toe into um, 
how to introduce daily money management to an area where people really don't know at all anything about it and they don't know what it is. I think in the DMV, while I know we're a very large metropolitan area and there are a lot of people who don't know about daily money management, I think that the DMMs who live and work here have done a really good job of educating uh, the senior service community about it and uh, other allied professionals. And so we're at an advantage that people already know what we do. So right now we're experiencing the startup time that it takes, you know, the effort to start educating an entire community of professionals about what who daily money managers are and what they do. So I'll let yeah. you know how it goes. Um, <laughs> question on, um, do DMM serve as alternative trustees for revocable trusts? No. We don't. No. no. Okay. Some might, but not us. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see where actually, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, sort of that separation. I could see them working. You working with trustees. Um, Absolutely, it's a partnership. As it's a partnership with their financial advisor, their CPA, their uh, elderly law attorney, or a state lawyer. It's it's a partnership, and everything goes a lot smoother when we're involved and helping, everybody's grateful. The person, the lawyers, the everybody is help, is so grateful. And, and you know, this, this next question or comment, sort of piggybacking on something that was said earlier is what a great idea to include in a power of attorney for daily money managers with estate planning papers and documents. The, I think the, the point is your profession is not going anywhere. And what you could see is, is that somebody could say, if I'm not of capacity or if I have, uh, if I need to activate my healthcare power of attorney, I would like you to hire a, a daily money manager to manage my affairs. I think that's, that's really an exciting uh, development that could, you know, take the burden off the family it's sort of like mom wants me to hire somebody. Okay, it's her money and that's what we're gonna do. Right, it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, uh, okay. Well, Stacy, I think we've recruited the next, Stacy, Joseph, <laughs> I think we're gonna have you on a panel here in the next few months. Uh, and I'd be excited about that, that we, we introduced you to the profession and then you actually came into it. She's now she's asking about salaries and wages and things. Stacey, Tell her to call us exactly call us individually. <laughs> it depends on region. It depends yeah. on the scope of the work. Um, yeah. There are some DMMs that have strata levels for uh, their work, depending upon what they're doing. And yeah. I'd also like to add: I have a journalist in Manhattan. I have an IT person in Seattle, Washington. And I have a home improvement person in West Virginia. Yep. So it yeah. does work. It does. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so so some DMMs charge by the hour, some project, but talking to but Stacy and, and everybody in the audience, I'm gonna send all three of these daily money managers contact info out. Um, so you can reach out to them whether you're looking for your loved one or you're um, looking as a career opportunity. Um, let's see, Valerie says, most P power of attorneys and trust state in there that the POA or trustee can hire experts to help them with their duties. That is where the DMM comes in. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, and and for those of you who don't know, every month we do a um, discussion with elder law attorneys, and um, and this our last discussion, daily money managers came up in the uh, elder law discussion, and here we are now talking about elder law and the daily money manager discussion, and and actually like. Is there a specific profession that you all seem to to work with um, that sort of hand in hand, or maybe some scenarios of where you've you've worked with other professions? Well, definitely the caregivers are in there, which we haven't really mentioned much yet because they're working with people and they realize when there's a need for somebody that needs help with their financial side and also organizers because they do a lot of organizing, but they don't necessarily, they don't particularly like or want to be dealing with people's financials. It's a very different realm. And that's specifically what daily money managers do deal with. I'd like yeah. to add that CPAs tend to love me. In fact, I had a client who actually decided they weren't so crazy about me anymore. And it was the CPA who said, no, don't get rid of her. She gives us everything we need in the correct logical order in formats that we can deal with. So guess what? I retain the client. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, and, and for me, I would say, you know, my number one referral source who I love are aging life care professionals. They know, they understand viscerally what we do because they also go into a client's home usually and they're very close. We're all, we're very in the trenches with our aging life care professional partners. But in my company, financial advisors provide a lot of referrals for us. They, for people in middle age, you know, in that pre-retirement, early retirement stage, people who are planning and want to be proactive. And then for Maybe they have a middle-aged client who has a senior parent, an old, much older parent who actually needs our help uh, because of cognitive issues. So uh, we get a lot of referrals from our wonderful financial advisor partners, but probably, it, it, ladies, tell me if I'm wrong, but like the big five for most of us would be, so uh, like care, people in the care area, aging life care professionals, care, care providers, then CPAs, financial advisors, um, and state attorneys, elder law attorneys, yeah, state and elder law attorneys and insurance professionals, people who do long-term care insurance and that kind of thing, life and long-term care insurance, those folks also. And then, then it's every, anybody and everybody we know, <laughs> right? Could potentially send us a client because let me just say this one other thing, daily money management is good all along the, the life spectrum. We have, we just took on a client who's in her thirties, right? And she's just not a good money manager and she needs to be taught. And it's a hard thing sometimes for parents to teach if you know they're not very small children. Once the child becomes an adult, it becomes harder to teach that kind of thing. So sometimes people will opt to hire a professional who is not related in any way to help teach a younger person how to manage their money a little bit better. So absolutely. I just took on a similar client who needs help just setting up a budget. She's terrible with it, a single mom. And so it's a little outside of the norm of what we would take on, but it really feels great to help somebody like that and make a difference in their life. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Well, we're getting close to the, the top of the hour. We're going to wrap up. And I always like to say this because inevitably a question or two pops in here. But um, one thing that I can sort of think about, like as, as you guys are talking, as, as you 
money managers are talking, not guys. Um, the uh, as you were talking, I'm thinking about okay, yeah, I can see where an older adult might a, a money manager might be helpful. But if you could see what my desk looks like and how all the things are, do you ever work with you know business people or? just yeah. folks that are looking for you know somebody to take the burden off their their hands that um do you guys do any of that work absolutely paper absolutely. cleaning up paperwork and organizing alongside of the financial organization go hand in hand and a lot of times we might get a call specifically for that for a clean out and not necessarily to help them with their bills, but to help get organized so they don't feel overwhelmed and help take that monkey off their back, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, some business owners will also use, usually it's a solo small business, but um, just to, to help them with things like invoicing, like their business is not successful if they're not getting invoices out the door and getting paid if they're a service business. And so sometimes having um, somebody to help with that, those administrative tasks, a daily money manager will keep the books and get the invoices out and help that business owner run their business. So definitely, if that's what you're looking for, you should ask, ask about that when you interview daily money managers. Absolutely. I have a couple of small businesses that I do their books for and help them with their invoicing. Mm -hmm. Great. I don't then, help with the invoicing, but they don't realize if you have any employees, you got to keep all those records. And they're so busy doing their own thing, so to speak, mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, it's on, you know, on the computer. Well, hello, you may close the, the payroll. Uh, you may switch to another company and you better get them onto your computer because if you don't, you're going to lose access or pay a horrendous fee for them to open up your account so you can download everything. Great. Um, okay. I, I knew it happened. Got a few more uh, questions for y'all. Uh, I love Deb Mariner's, uh, Mariner's uh, question is, what would your first meeting with a client look like who is reluctant to go over any bills, receipts, paperwork that is, you know, that's no longer needed? I know that's a vague question, but I love the idea of uh, sort of hearing what that might look like. I think it's important to have an introductory meeting where, you know, we all do that, where you meet with the person, whether it's virtually or in person, probably getting to be these days. So it's all has to do with that trust and building that relationship and making sure it's a good fit with you and the person that you're going to be serving with. So I think it's really important. And once they establish that, then they're willing to open up more and more and you go at whatever pace they're comfortable with. Some people want to go fast. Some people need to go fast <laughs> and other people need to take their time. And it takes, seems like it takes forever to really get going. But if that's what it takes for them to gain the trust, then you have to go at that pace. It's very important. With the person who's recommending one of us, they need to implant the fact to the person who needs us that um, we have a trustworthy history. Yes. And it's been checked out or verified even by another colleague. Yes. Uh, that sometimes that will help uh, ease the tension. Mm -hmm. and, you um, know, you just reminded me, Meryl, we forgot to say that we all undergo a background check yes, in yes. order to be a member. Uh, of the American Association of Daily Money Managers. So, and I think it was Sharon who put it in. And they're all background checked, yeah. 
and Sharon every two, put it in the, uh, she did and it's yeah. every two years so we yes, get yeah. it's just not initially when you join adam it's every two years you get right. rechecked which is good and you want that you want mm -hmm. somebody to have the background clearance yeah for sure and then uh who are some of the different uh, providers that you all refer your clients to? Uh, not individual names, but like, you know, mm -hmm. these home care or what, what have you. Um, good question there, because I know we have a lot of providers in the audience. I've done an aging life care manager. I've done a CPA. I've done a financial planner. It is so yeah. important for us to have the rapport with these other professionals because not only does it make us look good, they get a new client because we know about their background. Yeah. It's pretty much any service, right, that is provided to seniors. I mean, we have, we don't, there's no Rolodex anymore, but we have a database full of all of you. And, uh, and if you're not on our Rolodex, you know, get in touch with me because I'd like to know you. But um, so, Absolutely. All those professionals, mobile dentists, I mean, whatever our client needs, they need a podiatrist to come over and clip their nails. We're going to find somebody that right. does that. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I think one, one of the one of the things and this is not just daily money managers, it's everybody in who's um, committed to serving older adults. It's sort of we all wear sort of one hat, which is our expertise in our profession. And then our other hat is sort of like a social worker in terms of, okay, how can I help this person? And sometimes you're spending more time on that social work and connecting the dots than you are on your own profession. But what I've found is, is that, you know, the providers like the three of you that are committed to this field, they, um, that's one of the reasons why they're in this. If it was just doing you know sorting through people's bills it's it's helping them solve problems beyond what uh what that that yes. your expertise well i can't believe it. it these hours always go by so quick but we're we're at the end it's one o'clock and uh i want to thank everybody i want to remind everybody that we recorded this so that you could share it with your friends family loved ones um i'll follow up with everybody's contact information and um, I wanna just thank you for kicking off this monthly series and next month we'll, we'll get to meet a few more Daily Money Managers. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Thank Steve. you very much. Thank, thank you, you everybody. So Y'all had good questions. Yep, thank you. <laughs>